0: that you are passionate about every single one of us. Thank you that you are passionate for our city. God, as we've sung about, that that our streets would be glowing with your glory because of us walking in your streets. For you are in us. God, may our streets be glowing with your glory. Thank you, God, for your passion for our city. I declare blessing over our city tonight that your glory would shine bright blessing poured out people stepping into relationship with you loving father thank you god amen Amen. yes and amen amen Amen. yeah yeah give god a hand he is awesome thank you lord thank you god welcome to church tonight man is it hot in here Oh, let's turn the aircon down.
1: <laughs>
0: that was awesome youth band. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Very cool. Great to have you in church tonight. If you're here for the first time with us, a special welcome to you, church. How about you welcome our guests tonight? It's great to have you with us. If you are with us for the first time, we'd love you to to grab one of our guest bags. Sure, have, we, have we have we got hosts? Have we got some of the guest bags sitting there? Where are the guest bags? Hosts. Is someone gonna tell me? No, I can't see properly anyway. Okay, but they're they're gonna be out to your right. I was just gonna I was gonna wave one around. Anyway, I think someone's running to grab one. But if you are here for the first time, it be great if you can pick up, a, pick up one of our guest bags. Thanks, Gloria. Uh, wave it up, Wayne. Pick up one of our guest bags. We'd love you to fill in the card. We'd love to get to know you a little bit more. And you can pop the card into one of our giving boxes. We're in for a good night tonight. Yes. Are you on the edge of your seat? OK. Right, if you're not on the edge of your seat, get on the edge of (laughs) your seat now, because God is here with us, and He is a good God, and He wants to meet you right where you're at. This month, um, as part of our church, Activate Church, we are having, uh, maybe you can tell me, what are we having this month, October? Awesome, CIA, we should make up a little action for that, shouldn't we, CIA? <laughs> well, yeah. CIA, Church in Action. This month in October is Church in Action for Activate Church. All of the year is Church in Action for we're proactive. Oh, we should be proactive all throughout the year. We're even more proactive in October. So part of October, you might be able to tell me. But who's got the clipboard? Has anyone got the clipboard? Clipboard. Okay, thanks, Muller. We're going to hand the clipboard out now. Some of you have already signed it as you came in. That's great. If you want to, we've got 24/7 this month. Isn't that great? 24/7 prayer happening this month. So if you pop your name down on some spaces that you would like to pray. Um, put your email address. The the prayer points have been sent out. We're going to send them out again and we're going to pray for our city. And There is power in prayer. So isn't that great? Pop your name down and that will indicate where you will be praying as part of our 24-7 prayer. So thank you God for what you're going to do through our prayer. Also another thing that we've got happening is the food bags. Now we always have the food bags which are out there. You can take a food bag fill it up and bring it back but in something different that we've got happening this year is we've got some food packs out there and if you find it easier to pop some money into the bank account or to, to give some money pay for a pack then that pack will be popped into the food bank and it is there for us to be able to give to our community because our food bank is in high demand and so it's great for us to fill it up fill up our food bank so if you want to grab a bag or, or alternatively, pop some money into the account and that will pay for one of the food packs. Great A? Yes. Okay. Also, we have happening um, CIA take the initiative. Take the initiative. So this week, what are we going to do? Yes. Are we excited about this or what? What are we going to do this week? Okay, can we just try it again? What are we going to do this week? (laughs) Yes, okay. So we've got some ideas happening, haven't we? We've got ideas of what can I do to bless somebody in my community? What can I do to bless a workmate? What can I do to bless a school friend? What can I do to bless a neighbour? What can I do to bless that person that I see in need this week? I'm going to take the initiative. You're going to take the initiative, eh? Yes, so this week CIA. Thank you, thank you, awesome, great. Also next week we've got Expo Sunday coming up with Community Link. That's going to be great. What's happening on the 16th of October? Mukin, 10 a.m. We're tuning up here. Old clothes. We're going to go out into our community and muck in We're going to do some painting, some gardening. So tune up here, 10 a.m. Sunday morning the 16th of October and we're going to muck in in our community. I'm excited. Also, Monday, 31st of October, we have our light party. 31st of October is, of course, Halloween. So we're putting on the light party and many, many, what is it, hundreds of kids come in here into this building where we will make it like a big carnival and um, the kids are gonna have a ball, the parents get to sit out there in in the cafe and have beautiful coffee and cake. And so church, we need to gather together to put this on. So if you would like to do that, then contact the office uh, or there may be something out there on the hub that you can pop your name on, and we're all gonna gather together and be a part of that on Monday, the 31st of October with the Light Party, great. Yes, yes, I'm excited, October. Actually, it's also my birthday month, so it's even even better, yeah. October, CIA and my birthday month. Come on. Okay, in case you didn't notice, I'm excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good, thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Right. Have we got that clipboard going around? That's great. Awesome. So if the clipboard comes past you, pop your name on and we're going to pray. Tuesday night also, praying here. Tuesday night, 7.30 to 8.30. Every Tuesday, we gather to pray. Well, we are going to celebrate communion. Oh no, before that, we're going to celebrate birthdays. Because we've got to celebrate birthdays, don't we? So birthdays, anniversaries, and I do believe that kathan Bowler... Had a birthday. And Jackson Strong had a birthday. No, and Callum Pollard had a birthday. Okay. Lisa, did you have a birthday and Lisa had a birthday? Come on. You can't get out of it. People are dobbing you in. <laughs> Who else have we got? Anyone else? Come on, chocolate. Yeah. Come on, birthday, boys and beautiful girl. <laughs> Happy birthday. You got all you got your chockey? You got your chocolate? Okay, let's stand. We're gonna pray. Pray for our family. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Happy birthday, guys. Yes. happy birthday. Great. Right. Well, now we're going to celebrate communion. So Mullah is going to lead us around communion tonight. Mullah is our intermediates leader. Yes, give him a bigger hand than that. Thank you, Mullah.
2: Thanks, Jan. Thank you. Youth band, can I say you guys are the best youth band? Like, out of all the youth bands, I know you guys are the best. Cool, now that that's out of the way and I've made friends with them, hopefully they're nice to me. Thanks, Luke. Look, I was at work the other day, and a a thought popped into my head, because naturally a hundred of them pop into my head every minute, and... This thought was quite, it's quite an interesting one I had with the uh, owners of, my, of Sterling Sports. And they were like, what are you going to be like as a father? And I turned around and said, you know, I'm going to be the father that my children aren't going to do wrong. Now, a lot of parents and a lot of people laughed. My own parents laughed at me when I told them, apparently there's something wrong with me. But I was, I, I got this thought like, I, I want my children to be the best. I want my children... And my, my, uh, my manager turned around and said, don't be so naive. And I was like, well, that's what I'm going to call this thing. The uh, community that I'm doing, naivety. One, I hope it's a word. If not, I made it up. You're welcome. It's a word? Yes, it's a word. Cool. So reason being is because I, I thought, you know what? My kids aren't going to be naughty. When I go to a shopping mall, my kids aren't going to touch anything. Yeah, no, get it out. Get it out with you now. Get it out. Get it out, get it out. I'm a model child, all right? Now, because I thought, you know, I'm going to train my kids not to be naughty. Don't touch anything when we go out. All right, all right, okay. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm going to be, and they said, don't be so naive. Children are always going to try and do what entertains them, what's going to be fun. And I thought, well, that's how God thinks of us. Like, people can tell God, they can laugh at God, like, haha, that person, no ways can that person be perfect or the model person or or even near well behaved. But God's a naive father. God doesn't think anything of it. God thought, you know what? I think Liam is a perfect guy. I don't care what he does, I think Liam is a perfect guy. He's a perfect child. He's my child. And so if God thought thank you, keep those whales coming. If God thought if God thinks that about you, then you know what? It, you read about how much He loves you and you see how much He loves you. Because if He's that naive about you, if the world around you judges you because of what you do, God doesn't. God thinks that you're perfect no matter what you do. And that's why I thought with communion, how good is that? Is that no matter what we've done, He sent His Son to die for us because He loves us. There's no, nothing more that you could ask for Let's be honest, like as a kid, and I would play backyard cricket, the amount of cricket balls I sent through the window and stuff, and sometimes I didn't think my father loved me because of the hardings I would get. Those of you that don't get hardings anymore, it's a form of discipline. But, <laughs> no, I would get a harding, and yeah, you would turn off the Wi Fi, a little bit yeah, But I'd get a harding when I broke a window, but no matter what, after like 10, 20 minutes afterwards, my dad would come to me and say, my oh boy, I love you. I know you've done wrong, but I love you. And that's what I see God sending Jesus down the cross for me, is that I know I've mucked up. In fact, I've messed up a few times. But I know that if I look at the cross and I look at what it represents, the symbol behind it and the thought of someone dying for me, how how can I not feel loved? And how can I not believe that my God is a naive God who believes that I'm perfect? So what I'm going to do now is I thought, well, I want to encourage you guys to come forward. So I've asked some youth to uh, come down the front and they're going to stand out here with the elements. And I want you guys, in your own time, I don't want you to line up like sheep. I want you to come up here in your own time. I want you to take the elements, but I don't want you to sit down. I want you to find a spot somewhere in this wonderful auditorium and I want you to really think about how much Jesus and God love you. I want you to think how how much how perfect he thinks you are because i think if you put that much thought into it you're going to realize just how much he loves you
3: god good like it's pretty nuts um (laughs) i was thinking about it the other night about tonight and leading worship and stuff and um the word that kept popping into my head was victory um and i really felt like tonight is a night of claiming victory over certain things whether it's addiction whether it's feeling sick or whether it's those little mind games you play with yourself um Yeah, so in your own time, when you're ready, I encourage you to stand or find your own space and um, do some business with God. Um, Yeah, because He's so good and He, yeah, as Muller said, um, loves us so, so much. And He claimed the victory, you know. Everything that He did on the cross was so that we can be free and completely under grace. Like for me, a little victory for me is being able to do this because I didn't, I didn't feel as though I was worthy to do this, um, but no, I'm I'm covered by grace, and yeah, yeah. Let's let's continue to reclaim some victories in our lives, yeah.
1: is changing now For the Spirit Spirit of the
4: points that we're going to be praying into for the next month, 24/7. And um, I just think we'll do it a little bit differently tonight. Can I get the screen dropped down? That'd be great, thanks. And we'll get you guys to just start that chorus spirit breakout because it's, you know, it's a, a statement of declaration. doesn't matter what order we pray these things. I'm just going to encourage you to pray them out loud tonight. And they're going to come past you on the screen. They'll keep revolving. We'll try and spend 30 seconds on each one if we can. Here we go. So as I keep singing, how about we lift our voices, eh? That's not a spectator sport tonight. Let's lift our voices and, and make these declarations with before God. So Father, I pray that you would Help us to be purposed wherever and wherever we are, Father, that we would be like Jesus. Help us minister to the city this next month in Jesus' Name. I pray that You'd help our speech be in agreement with the truths of God and that our speech would bring life to people in Jesus' Name, whether it's at work, at college, at school, wherever it is, in the home, that our speech would be in agreement with Your truths and that power would set people free. Jesus' name, Father, I pray that you would mobilise the church, that you would break the lie that people are telling themselves they cannot do what you've called us to do. It's a lie of the devil. We come against that tonight. We break its power. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray that your church would rise up with an urgency for others to know you. God, that others would know you. Stir us to share our faith, I pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, that poverty cycles will be broken in our city. I ask that strategies would arise, that you would release strategies from heaven to release people from poverty, great ideas. In Jesus' name, we pray that we, the church, would align ourselves with your purposes and your promises. We ask for a release of power as we align ourselves to your truth and your promises. In Jesus' name, I pray to Lord, that there would be a tangible sense of your presence as we gather together, that there would be an increase in miracles, there would be an increase in signs, there would be an increase in wonders, there would be an increase in salvations. We declare this in Jesus' name, Lord, that God encounters will be taking place throughout our city, leading to salvations, leading to transformation of our city, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you that your hand is on this city. We thank you that you want to touch our city. Thank you that you want to work miracles in our city. Again, we align with your truth tonight that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good? That wasn't bad. Good? I need to hear you. Remember, we made it, we cut a deal. I'm not going to let you off the hook. We cut a deal. The deal is that you talk. Great. Fantastic. Why don't you say hello to three or four people, tell them they look fantastic. They sounded great. They're amazing. Jay, why don't you come down here when you're ready? That would be great. Oh, yeah, you guys, thank you. Hey, that was fantastic. Didn't they do well? That was awesome. Well done, guys. Very, very
5: good. How about giving Jay a hand? Hello. I'm actually before what I'm supposed to be doing up here. Is there anyone here that has pain in their chest? A sharp pain particular? To be particular. Anyone? I'm going to pray for you after. Main. Um, Come on. Alright, um I've come up to talk about National Conference. This one don't I? Eh? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
5: You can pray first if you want it. you don't have to wait till the end. Huh? Oh no, nah, it's all good. Okay.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah. Alright, um so this this um this week we've had National Conference, Axe Conference up in Auckland and it's been so good, so challenging. It was honestly so good. There were there were a few people here that went, Ethan, mm-hmm. I see. A strong, Muller, Nicole. But Um, I'm going to share just what stood out to me. Um, There was a speaker called, I think it was At Bosov. Yeah. Um, He's South African. But he was so challenging and he was incredible. Um, But one, I think it was on the Wednesday night, he shared a message and it was just so powerful and so challenging. Gave me a bit of a spiritual slap in the face. But... um, What he was saying basically is, um, stop being a little pussycat and be a lion. And what he means by that is, like, as disciples of God, we should be in the community, we should be doing our job, and we should be praying for people, we should be um, declaring healing and all those things. How can we take that from people? How can we take an encounter from God from people? Like, that's our job. And like, just stop being a pussycat and be a lion. (laughs) Come on. Um, that was just so challenging and that was all um, with this point that you made of I must like you know I must pray for that person I must do this and it was just it was so good so challenging so incredible so I encourage you guys stop being a pussycat and be a lion come on (laughs) come on very good thank you Jay it's
4: good eh well, I'm on a little bit of a mission today. My mission today is to stop you being pussycats and encourage you to be lions. There you go. I'll just change my language slightly to line up with Jay. And um, guess what we did this week as a church? What did we do? What did we do? We now, we now own a medical center. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And so, so this week it all went through. And there, little Gloria sitting right there. She worked really hard on that. And, um, and so we own a medical center, which is a big step forward in our vision to uh, build a campus that will um, be a campus for the people of the community. And um, so that's really, really exciting. That, that's taken a lot of work from a lot of people over a lot of time. And um, it's really, really good. Look, God's been talking to me um, in a couple of parables. And I want to read you the parables. I'm not going to explain them too much to you, but I'm going to read them to you. And I encourage you to go home and sit on them for a little Well, not sit on them literally, but you know, read them and just ponder them for a little bit and um, see what God says to you through them. So these are the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 14, I think it's verse 16 roughly. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. It's a poor excuse, that one. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still more room. So the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. I love this. This is a a parable where the master is Jesus and he wants the house full. He wants it full. He wants the house for his banquet full. Does whatever he's got to do to ensure that it's full. The next parable is from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. It goes like this. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them that he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and he saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working all day? They replied, because no one has hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they'd received more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner, Those people worked only one hour and yet you've paid them as much as you paid us for a whole whole day's work in the scorching sun. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay the last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want to do with my money? Should you be jealous because I'm kind or I'm generous to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. This is a great parable, and, it, and you can read several things into it. Obviously, parables are written into, the, into a context at the time. But when you read this, you can see that uh, God was actually talking to the Jewish people, and he was also talking uh, about Gentile people. Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Most of us, probably all of us. And, um, and he's talking into them, and he's, he's basically saying that it doesn't matter when you come into relationship with Jesus, the reward will be the same. If it was 2,000 years ago, if it was 200 years ago, if it was 20 years ago, if it was two days ago, the reward will be the same. But what I'd like to focus on in there just for a second is that he keeps going and getting workers. Because the Bible tells us that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And the owner of the land represents Jesus, and he keeps going back into town looking for workers. He keeps wanting to find those who will work for him. I want to know if this generation is going to do something spectacular for the kingdom of God, or if you're just going to watch it go by. I want to know if your lives are going to count for something at the end of the day. And you're going to step into the purposes of God. Or if life is just going to pass you by. And then toward the end of your days, because we're all living in the last days. That's not an end time statement. That is, if you're alive now, you are living in your last days. I just don't know how many you have. It's true. What are we going to do? What are we going to do for God? Are we going to actually take hold of it? Are we going to pursue? My my parents' generation have been written about in history books. They are called the most selfish generation the planet has ever seen. Because they built for themselves primarily. They built incredible riches for themselves. They built incredible empires for themselves, for their own satisfaction, for their own Own lifestyles. Of course, these are general comments, but this is what the history books are saying and going to say. They built for themselves. My generation has been labeled as the most useless generation to ever walk the planet. It's true. Hard to believe when you look at me, I know. But that's what they've labeled us the most useless generation. I wonder what they're going to call your generation. What are they going to call your generation? Are they going to call you more useless than the useless generation? Or are they going to call you purposed and on fire for the purposes of God and connected with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, on fire for the kingdom of God and changing the world one person at a time? Your choice. Your choice. No one's going to make you do anything. I'm discovering this about life. I know it's hard to believe. Like You guys here will find this very hard to believe. But life seems to be quite short. It's going really, really fast. It's just like yesterday, I was like there, you know, age-wise. And now I'm, I'm just creeping toward my late 20s. How the heck did that happen? I've nearly been married late 20s coming up 25. Where did that go? Crikey. It goes really fast. And I talk to people who are older than me, which makes them really old, and they say it goes really, really, really fast and it just keeps getting faster and faster and faster. So if we don't actually engage with the purposes of God now and get on board with what God wants to do in our lives now and touch the generation that's here now, before you know it, blink, it's all over, it's gone, it's finished, and we did nothing. I used to sell insurance. I used to have an insurance agency. And the sales line to get people to buy life insurance was, you, you've got to come overcome the objections. And when they're young, they go, I don't need life insurance. I've got forever. I'm young. I used to think like that. And then they get married. And they go, well, I can't buy life insurance now. I've got no money. I've just got married. And besides, I'm young. And then they go, I can't buy life insurance now because I've got married and I've got kids and I've got, I had no money before. I've really got no money now. And I'm still young. I'll sort it out when the kids go. Then the kids go. I can't buy life insurance or I can't save now or whatever it is because the kids are gone and I'm free, I can enjoy life. Finally, I've got some money to spend on myself. I understand this. If I ever have cash in my wallet, it just like vanishes. It's like, yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden you go, well, are you going to save for your retirement or whatever now? And they go, it's too late. I've run out of time because I was too busy doing life. And it is exactly the same with us, with the kingdom of God. We either choose to pursue God now, whatever age and stage we're at, or we don't. There's no excuses. There's no, well, I'll do it. You can put it off to next week if you want to. But how do you know you've got next week? Are you a pussy or a cat or a lion? (laughs) I nearly stuffed that up, didn't I? (laughs) Flip. You knew what I meant. That's right. (laughs) Moving on. It was prophesied over our church earlier this year that we're nearly at the tipping point. It's talking about the saints, the prayers of the saints. We are nearly at the tipping point of being tipped into a move of God and being tipped into the purposes that God has us to fulfill as a church. I love that. I think I don't know where I mentioned it, but I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I had a a sort of prophetic picture while we were worshiping in church one night, and that was of a seesaw. You know, a seesaw tips. It gets to the tipping point. It goes across to the other way. But instead of the people going with the tipping, I saw the people leaning back trying to stop it tipping. I think it's us. But it's inevitable. It's going to tip. God weighs more than you. He weighs more than me. It's going to tip. We can fight it or we can go with it. I want to encourage you to go with it. I want to encourage you to get involved with the purposes of God. I want to encourage you to get involved and on board with what God's doing and allow Him to do it and allow Him to do something powerful in our city, in in our nation, and the nations of the world. I think both of those parables have a sense of inevitability about them. The first one is God's going to fill the room whether we help Him or not. But He's asking, come on, go get people. The second one is, he needs workers. He's going to get the harvest in. He wants us in the field. He wants us working. He wants us working. I said this morning, I'll say again now, if you ever look around, you look around, do a 360 with your head or something, if you can. What do you see? See, so you see people, I see empty seats. I see people too. But I see empty seats. And we do multiple gatherings on a Sunday so that we can express our faith in different ways because we like different things. You know, some people like quieter and more gentle, and so we do that at nine o'clock in the morning. It's, it's, it's more, more contemplative, contemplative, whatever the word is. It, it, it's a bit more gentle, the, the guitars are quiet, and as the day goes on, the volume goes up. It's just kind of how it works. Until, you know, by the time you get here at 6 p.m., you get air-shattering, shredding guitar solos. It's just the way it is. And so people go where they want to go. That's cool, because we have preference. But the reason we do three gatherings on a Sunday is not just about preference. It's so that we've got capacity for you to bring people. Because if we don't do it this way, the building's full. It won't fit everyone. But we do it this way, there's almost too much room. Easy answer. If you all bring two people next week, building's full. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. Who do you know that needs to be in the house of God on a Sunday? We had three Ghanaian students with us a couple of weeks ago. And um, they they are great guys. Emmanuel, Stephen, and Pius. They are great young men. They're very intelligent young man, um, and they're on, on a great adventure. I said to them, they stayed for a few days, I said to them on the Tuesday morning, I said, right, you've been here a few days, now tell us what you've found. Tell us what you've experienced, why you've been here. They said a few things that were very interesting. The first thing they said was, when we walked into the building, we felt immediately felt the presence of God. There is a tangible sense of God when we come together in this place. I thought that was encouraging. There's a tangible sense of God, but then they followed that on and they said, but I don't think the people that come realize how special it is. Because for them, it's just normal. It's just the environment when we come together. But I want to encourage you that there is a great sense of the presence of God in this place. And when we bring our friends and when we bring our family and our workmates and our colleagues into this place, they will experience the presence of God. That's not they might experience, they will experience the presence of God. Every week, people come, and every weekend, people get connected with God. For the first time. That could be your family. That could be your mum, that could be your dad, it could be your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your granddad, your cousin. It could be your workmate, it could be your classmate. Who do you know? We all know people. They come into the presence of God and God touches their lives. it's so, so, so important because it's not just about God touching their lives here and now. By the way, here's not the only place God's going to touch their lives, eh? You know, wherever you are and whenever you're there, God is working through you. Be confident in who God's called you to be. But it just so happens that we create an environment here, and people come into this environment, and God will meet them. So it's good for them now, but better than that, their eternity. Their eternity. They get connected with God, just like you got connected with God. Your eternity is secure. Yeah, the other thing they said which is really interesting they said hey there's joy in the house but it's not fully expressed I thought that was interesting so that means we should leave cool at the door and just hang out with God you know when we're happy be happy I quite like that right running out of time I want to say this, uh, that journeying with our friends, no one's friends, no one's family is a project. Don't, don't treat people as projects. That makes them really cheap. You know, your friends are your friends. Your family are your fam- family. Don't treat them as a project. But please, please, please be intentional in helping journey them toward God. It's the greatest gift you can give any person. Just don't treat it as a project. You love them day in, day out. If they don't want to know God, still love them. They're not a project, but just journey with them day in and day out. But if you can lead them toward God, that is the greatest gift you can ever give anybody. But I'm not sure that we get that. I'm not sure that we're totally sold out for kingdom purpose. And if we're not sold out for kingdom purpose, it makes it optional. Like, you know, I could serve God. I could pursue God. I could pursue the things that he's asked me to do or not. I could do something else. But I've discovered that that really comes, and we can think like that when we don't know him. But the more we get to know him, the more we realize actually we don't have any options. Because if we know him, he consumes our world. When we know him, his kingdom just consumes our world. And the desire to see other people come into that kingdom consumes our world. Look, I believe that we are at a tipping point and I declare breakthrough, I declare growth, I declare people coming into relationship with Jesus and I want to encourage you you to fill the building. You've got a good thing going here. Fill the building. Who can you bring? It is, it's on us. That's exactly right, it is on us. And God desires a full building. In that parable, he said, The ones I invited never came, so I want you to go out to the alleys, the streets, and I want you to find people. And they brought them all into the house. He goes, hey, there's still more room. Well, then go out behind the hedges and the paddocks and find whoever else you can find. Just fill the room. That's what he said. I think he's saying to us us today, just fill the room. Actually, I think it's inevitable. I think we're going to be part of it or not. He's going to fill the room. He's going to fill the room. And when he fills the room, ah, we'll just do another one. And another one. We can go back to back all day long. It's not a big deal. Well, it will be. If I'm at them all, I'll be tired. But that's all right. It's worth it. Come on. Seeing heaven populated. So, this is what I reckon. We're not fully sold out because we haven't yet discovered our identity in Christ. And it's when we discover our identity in Christ is when we find our call in God, or as Jay worded it, our I must do. Because we all have a must do. God has purposed us. He has made us a certain way and He has purposed for us and He has stuff for us to do. He has a must do. But as we get hold of our identity in God, then we will see our must-do. We'll comprehend our must-do. And as we comprehend our must-do, the kingdom of God, and start to do it, the kingdom of God will start to gather greater momentum. That's what we're called to do. But here's the deal with it. All of that comes out of prayer. That's where you discover your identity. And then out of your identity, you discover your must-do. And out of that, you do. But it all starts in prayer, and God has given us a very, very clear prophetic mandate to build a house of prayer. So if you want to back it up a little bit, that mandate to build a house of prayer, in my opinion, is not an option. It's not an option. If we want to pursue God, if we want to develop the way God's called us to develop, if we want to achieve the things He's asking us to achieve, we've got to build a house of prayer. We've got to give ourselves to prayer. I'm really excited about the, the 24-7 prayer this month. It's great. It's going to be a little challenging, but it'll be great. Even if we don't quite make it, it'll still be great because it's a push in the right direction. It's great. Build me a house of prayer. Ben can come if you'd like to. So are you going to go down as a generation that did something spectacular with God? Or is life just going to pass you by? You'll get up to heaven and, hey, Jesus, I'm here. he will go, what's your name again? Oh, I did. Oh, well, actually, no, I didn't. Oh, I was at church every now and again. Tick the box. Yeah, nah, he'll say. Yeah, nah. He's a Kiwi. Yeah, no. That's what the Bible says. I'm not making that up. It says, you know, we'll stand, oh, I did this, I did that, I did the other thing in your name. I prophesied, I saw miracles, I cast out demons, all these things in your name. And he'll go, yeah, but I didn't know you. I didn't know you. But if we pray, out of our prayer, we'll discover our identity in Christ. And as we discover our identity in Christ, we will discover the I must do or his call for our life. And as we apply ourselves to the call of God, momentum will increase. And what will the result be of momentum increasing? People connected to Jesus. That's what it's all about. People, break down people. Your mother. Your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your auntie, your aunt, your grandparents, your friends. Connected to Jesus. Wow. I, I really want the history books to write. You know, they achieved something great for God. They achieved something great for God. I would even be happy with. They gave their everything for God and achieved nothing. I would be far happier with that than they did nothing and achieved nothing. I could live with they gave everything for the call of God. It didn't work out as they planned. Oops. I can live with that because it's actually we're applying ourselves to the purposes of God and it's not just about here and now it's about eternity. And even if it doesn't quite work out how we hope here eternity is eternity. So are you a pussycat or a lion? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: I I really, really believe that God wants to, I've got no doubt, I, I believe to the core of my being that it's, it's inevitable that God is going to do something great in us and through us. And, and I just put up my hand saying, use me, God. I'm not quite sure what that means, but use me, God. Use me, God. Let's go on a journey. Let's touch our city. Let's touch the cities of New Zealand. Let's touch the nations of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that You'd stir in each of us to get involved with your purposes, to be bold, to be purpose, to be intentional, to walk with courage. Lord, I pray that and I ask that if anybody tonight has taken anything I've said with a sense of condemnation, that you would release them of that right now because, Lord, that's not my purpose. You know that. But my purpose is to stir us to not give up. That we are working with you Lord, the creator of the universe and that is so cool. You can do what we can't begin to imagine. Lord I ask that you would start to cause the seeds of identity and purpose and all I must that have been planted in people's lives that you'd start to cause those now to bear fruit that perhaps where they have been a mystery they would start now to take a little shape get a little colour on them so that we can start to apply ourselves to your purposes God I ask that you would stir us significantly so that none of us turn round at the end of our time and go blow it I missed it but that we would have more than ample opportunity to engage with you and what you're doing. And the history would be complementary to our effort and to our commitment and to our love for you. While your heads are bowed and eyes are enclosed, the greatest thing that can happen for any person is that they get connected with Jesus Christ. We heard in communion that he came, he was sent by the Father. He died on a cross. He was risen from the dead. All of that, without going into detail now, was required so that we can have relationship with God. Because we, people, humanity had made a mess of it. And it left a big wedge between us and God. But in God's economy, Jesus sacrificed made it possible for us now to have relationship with God. All we have to do is believe in Him, make Him the Lord of our lives. The Bible says if we believe in our heart, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are then in relationship with Him. We come into relationship with Him and I'd like to promise you a bed of roses, but it's not that, but He's with us every day, every moment through life. You walk with an incredible sense of hope. We get to know the mercy and the kindness and the love, the grace of God in an amazing way. And to top it all off, we get to spend eternity with a loving, fun, massive, powerful God. That will be mind-blowing. But the only way to do that is through connection with Jesus Christ. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to start the journey. The most amazing decision you'll ever make. While you're thinking about that for a moment, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will be stirring you. Stomach might be in knots, heart might be racing, hands could be sweaty. That's often what happens, as the Holy Spirit talks to us as he brings conviction that we need to respond to him while you're pondering for a moment let me read you this verse from John chapter three for God so loved the world that he gave his only or one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light. So others can see that they are doing what God wants. In a nutshell, it's all about putting our life in the hands of Jesus Christ. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if tonight you're saying, I want to start a journey with Jesus. Or you may have been way, way away from him. I don't know where you're at tonight. You're saying, you know, this isn't the place I want to be. I want to step up. I want to walk with him again. I want to walk closely with him in just a moment I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you are saying you know I want that and you're not responding to me tonight you're responding to him but I want to acknowledge your response again every head bowed every eye closed just for a minute to give people around you privacy tonight if you know you want to choose Jesus? You want to start a journey or you want to come back into a place of relationship? Can you give me a wave so I can see your hand? Thanks. That's cool. Thank you. i seen two people respond so far. Just going to wait a couple of seconds. Great, thanks. I see your hand. That's awesome. I've seen three people respond so far. Another five seconds. Well, the Bible tells me that when one person gets right with God, the angels celebrate. I reckon three people getting right with God, heaven breaks into a party. So why don't you give these people a massive big hand? Fantastic. Look, I really encourage you to talk with the people that you came with tonight. Tell them what you've done. And they'll encourage you in the journey you didn't come with anyone, you came by yourself, feel more than free to come and, and talk with me at the end. We'll do anything we can to help you in your journey with Jesus. We would love to do that. Amen. Thanks, Jen.
0: Thank you, Sheridan. Encouraged. I think we need to spend some time dreaming. What does it look like to be the lion? What does that look like for me this week? Who wants to be a pussycat when you can be a lion? Love it. Love it. Let's dream. What does tomorrow look like as a lion? Thank you, Lord. Help us to dream tonight. It's good, eh? Yes. Well, have we got any hangs happening this tonight? We got... Youth are going to Rototuna Mackers. So, if you are a youth that sort of, if you feel youth or.
1: <laughs>
0: yep, take anyone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So, the youth are going to Maccas and I don't know if you want to invite some people around. If you don't feel like you're youth, then invite some people around or go to somewhere else and. or join the youth. Whatever you want to do. Go and hang tonight and dream together. Talk together about what it is to be a lion this week. I reckon it'll be good to celebrate to finish, don't you? Yes. Have have you had the um, clipboard go past you? If you haven't had the clipboard, then please chase it down. I'm not too sure where it is right now. It is down the front here. So if you haven't seen the clipboard and you want to, it's down the front and you can put your name on that and thank you church for your giving. I declare blessing in Jesus name upon the givers. If you don't know then our one way that we give is through our giving boxes which are on the left as you exit uh, into the foyers or we'll, we can also uh, give by AP which I think is a, a great way to give personally. Push pay is good too. Bless you church. I declare blessing upon every home represented in Jesus' name. Let's stand a party. Celebrate to